Welcome to the Open Stem Startup Podcast with Joe Mardell. Today I'm with Jack O'Regan Kenny. Jack, it's great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Great to be here. Would you like to just start off by explaining the story of Mur and kind of how you set it up and yeah. where you're at with it today? Yeah, uh, Mur is a startup I'm running. Uh, you can find out a lot about it on Mur.tech. Um, basically, two years ago, uh, I was watching my man uh, follow a makeup tutorial and she had kind of a brush in one hand, a palette in the other, and she was trying to balance her phone with a makeup tutorial on it. Um, it really didn't work. It looked kind of uncomfortable. So I, I said I'd go back and find a solution for this. So it led me down the rabbit hole of smart mirrors, and I realized there were none that you could actually buy. And I, I thought, well, maybe we could I, could, I could build my own, figure out how they work, and see if there's a way of commercializing this. And after I built the first one, um, it became really apparent that these are pretty difficult to control. Like I was using a smartphone as an interface and that didn't really solve the problem. You still have a smartphone. Mm. So I ended up spending about four months just uh, locked away on my own uh, trying to make these smart mirrors touchscreen. And about three or four months in, I figured it out and drafted a patent for the tech and applied for uh, a couple of local competitions. So I'd sent the patent off and I applied for the regional student enterprise competition. So student enterprise in Ireland is kind of like, a, it'd be for like the ages of 13 to 18, uh, similar to BT Young Scientist or one of them, but with a focus on enterprise. Uh, so I entered the, the regional one of that. Um, my school didn't know I entered. Um, I kind of signed up myself because I couldn't find a teacher that would register me. So a uh, bit unorthodox, the school weren't too happy with it, but I ended up winning the, uh, the regional final and made it to the nationals where I was kind of like, okay, this is a commercial venture that is viable, people like it. Uh, I demoed it live up there and won the best commercial potential prize. And that was kind of my go-to for, okay, we'll turn this into a startup. Wow, um, wow. That's, that's market validation, I guess, isn't it, for your product? Yeah, it was pretty good winning, winning the competition with no customers, one prototype, and like, I don't know, um, a really bad business plan. Like, I didn't know any business. It was just a product at the stage. You must have been over the moon. I mean, how did that make you feel winning the competition? Oh, I was, I was delighted. Um, I've done like competitions like that before, but... It was very, they were all with groups um, and it was always like one or two tries before I got a win. Um, and this was kind of the first time I felt really good about my idea going in. Like there was no skepticism. I was like, yes, we'll, we'll do this. And I was lucky enough to have that validated at the end, which was really fun. Um, well, I, huge congratulations for that. And also I, I'd just like to say, I respect your courage and determination you know, not conforming to your school when they said that they didn't want to submit you and, and going ahead and doing it anyway. I think that's some, some really good initiative. But what was it that made you take that step and think, you know what, I'm not going to listen to the school and I want to do this? Yeah, well, it was probably, I had this really, really good teacher called um, Eva Acton and she was kind of the one who got me onto the competitions and stuff uh, when I would have joined. So I would have been 13. She entered me into like, I was in the young, or not the young scientist, student enterprise before with a project. And Ms. Acton had kind of guided me through that. So 
I was kind of eager to get back into it. Um, I had done loads of competitions like this before under her. And I think this year, or that year specifically, so that would have been 2019, she had like a load of people in BT Young Scientist and she had SciFest to manage. So she physically couldn't keep up with it. Um, and the school wouldn't assign any other teachers. So I said, well, the teacher work can't be that bad. I can always consult against Miss Acton. And I was like, okay, well, I'll just enter and see where it gets me. I ended up getting in like pretty decent trouble with the school over like insurance stuff. Um, <laughs> into it. But um, once I won the regional, they were like, okay, if you continue to like fill in the paperwork and we don't have to hear about it, you're fine. So that's that's what I ended up doing. It kind of became this sort of project that flew under the radar in the school. Like BT Young Scientists had like posters and stuff, but I was just, I was the only one doing this. I was happy to kind of keep it low profile. Yeah, I see, I see. Well, I'm sure the school were pretty like proud and, and happy once once they saw the result. Oh um, yeah, yeah. And did, like did individual kind of, teachers. Did they say anything afterwards? Like, oh, sorry, we, we should have supported you or were they just kind of dismissive about it? Uh, oh no, there was like, there was like congrats and stuff behind it and congrats for the initiative. And like, I think it just came down to they didn't have the manpower that year. And yeah, yeah, I see. Um, like we, we weren't the like most enthusiastic school for this kind of thing anyway. But I think this is one of the cases where it was just manpower rather than not wanting to. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it was great fun. And then kind of from there, uh, I finished up the student enterprise, kind of sat down and left me for a bit to focus on exams. And then I, I uh, joined an accelerator last minute and that's kind of where it turned into a startup. Uh, that, that was called Patch, and that's actually where I met my co-founder, Alice Shocknessy, who's far, far better an engineer than I am so far. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So that's how you met the co-founder. Um, yes. Do you, want to, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that story of um, how you kind of were introduced to each other, what made you decide to work together, and, and how did you come to that decision? Yeah, so um, this is actually much more recent. This was just over the summer, um, and... I was kind of, exams were cancelled and I had nothing really to do. So I was sitting at home, I was doing kind of a bit of engineering consultancy work. I was designing uh, buildings for a, a company in Cork. And my mom and the person I was actually working for sent me this link to a program called Patch, which is a accelerator for, I think it's called an accelerator for extraordinary young people or something like that. So I ended up applying um, Rather unconventionally, I ended up appending CVs to emails rather than uh, using the form. Right. Uh, the basically, I, I ended up getting into this, and uh, on the first day, I saw Alice, and she had been working on a project reinventing the wheel. So it, I was like instantly impressed by this. And reinventing the wheel. Yeah. So it, it is honestly amazing. It's like I still don't <laughs> fully understand it, but it's like uh, essentially a spherical wheel. And you have, um, it's basically rotated electromagnetically. So right. you have kind of one ball rotating, as far as I can tell, rotating another ball magnetically um, and then allowing omnidirectional movement. So it, it's actually, it's so cool. That's why I'm like, I was immediately in awe at this. And I was like, okay, I want to work yeah. with her on her project. 
I can see why you'd be pretty impressed with that. It's quite an ambitious undertaking to yeah. reinvent the wheel. It's, it's insane. Um, so I, I like immediately saw her project in like the lead up to joining the event. And I was like, okay, I want to work with her on that wheel. And then we joined and we had a boot camp, which was like three days of introductions and stuff. And we signed into like a Slack. And by the time, I, the first time I opened the Slack, I have a message from Alice asking, can she work on Mirror? No way. But I, I was opening Slack to message, can I, can I work on the wheel? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, of course. But, um, like I jumped at it. And uh, we did like intro set up a Discord that weekend. And we had initially like a problem with Mirror that had been like sitting there for a while where it was overheating due to a power supply issue. Right. And between myself and Alice, um, we had that issue solved the next day. Whoa. Like I, I had it parked and we just, we jumped into it. Our six week goal for this accelerator was completed the next day. And we were kind of like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> crazy, crazy. I mean, <laughs> I guess achieving something like that, you know, your six week goal in a day, that makes you rethink the whole six weeks. Like what can we do with this time? That was pretty much what we did. We were like, okay, uh, where to next so we said okay we'll rebuild mirror from the ground up and we did in a much more commercially viable way and since then it's been kind of a lot more business side like the engineering's there but we've been developing the the startup side trying to learn you know funding uh how to find your market how to advertise best so since then we haven't really gotten to mirror uh, physically but um like on paper, we've like our manufacturable design completed. We just need to source one part and we're ready to go. Nice. Exciting so, times ahead then. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so where do you see the next few months kind of playing out? Is that your next big goal is to try and get that confirmed with the manufacturer and start things rolling? Pretty much, yeah. It's um, at the minute, like our goals, I should have a meeting after this where we're part of the New Frontiers program in Ireland. So that's uh, providing us with funding workshops and we just kind of have to report back every so often. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a meeting after that for her next couple of months. So good question to ask. I have a prep. Um, we've essentially for the next couple of months, we're looking at uh, solidifying our IP. So we've more tech in mirror right. uh, since the last patent that we can add and then we can expand that into Europe and stuff. So that's kind of a long process. On top of that, um, Silicon and chip sourcing at the minute with COVID-19 is pretty rough. The supply chains are, you know, not in great condition. Sure. So our kind of next couple of months is solidifying IP supply chain as well as starting a bit of outreach. So we've like 30 pre-orders at the moment with no advertising, uh, purely just through them out. And Bloody now that we've like solidified our market, we're kind of going to those pre-orders narrowing our market finding our ideal users to kind of tailor it towards mm -hmm. and starting advertising campaigns so we were kind of like will we do smart home or will we be the makeup tool that was originally and we ended up settling on makeup tool so now we're like pivoting um if you look up our website today it'll be like smart homey if you look it up in like a week's time maybe it'll be uh, all beauty i see so we've like a full company pivot in a week hopefully <laughs> 
I'm a little bit curious to find out more about what made you decide to pivot out of the smart home market and into the, well, back into the beauty focused market. Yeah, well, we haven't fully kind of like committed to the smart home. We were constantly between the two and we, it was kind of flip-flopping, but we don't think it was the worst thing for us because we did get to explore both markets and kind of evaluate which would be the best for entry. So as great as Mirror would be as a smart home tool and how it kind of allows you to integrate your entire smart home into one controllable device. The makeup space is so much more targeted and we can really like develop a relationship with our customer to give them the product they want. Whereas smart home, people have way too many varied uses and trying to target that initially is, it's not impossible. It's not the most difficult, but it's kind of, you wonder whether there's enough value in it. And from our testing, we've proven there isn't. Um, like it would be great down the line. Yeah, but I think makeup is kind of where Mirror lives. Mm-hmm. It seems like a sensible move. And I can see how attacking the smart home industry could be quite a risky one, especially like you said, there's more variety of um, potential customer, I, see, I guess. Um, yeah, different customers want different things and it's very hard to fit all that into one device. Mm, mm. But I do see the future of homes being smart and, and there's definitely a trend in that direction. So is that something that you'll consider more of a long-term strategy? Yeah, we're not entirely sure because I think as good we're, we're not very good at long-term uh, insight um, and I don't think given that we're transitioning at the moment, we're probably not in the best place to give it. Yeah, of course. Of um, course. I'd say probably down the line, or we'd at least add like the smart home features are built into mirror anyway. So if someone really wanted one for their smart home, they could buy one that's advertised towards beauty and oh, it'll work fine. It'll work. It's, it's all built in anyway. Um, I just mm. think if the opportunity arises where we've, you know, everything's going well in the beauty, we might expand out, but for the foreseeable future, this is our niche and we want to do that right. Yeah, Um, no, definitely, definitely. The main thing for us is uh, just getting it into the hands of people because not only is it great testing and obviously it's like, oh yeah, you're selling, but Mirror was made with a purpose and it has to kind of serve that purpose before profits even become a consideration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me hearing about um, your journey and some of the struggles that you've encountered. And it's not uncommon for entrepreneurs to f- face a lot of hurdles along that path. But um, I would in- I'd just be interested to hear kind of whether that's had an impact on you or, or how you've reacted to that journey, having to remain resilient in the face of adversity. Do you find yeah. that a challenge or does that come naturally to you? I I think with Mirror, I had kind of been pre, like I had been exposed to it before. So I've worked on a couple of projects. One was called iSpy, which was an app for monitoring what kids do on their devices. Another was called Alerta Boy, which uh, was sort of a navigational boy aid. So it's kind of like a device you'd strap to these navigational boys in the Mediterranean Sea. And right. uh, basically if I'm, at the time, the migrant crisis was a big thing. So these were popular enough in the sea that if an accident happened, someone could swim up and call the Coast Guard with the press of a button. Mm-hmm. So these projects had way more hurdles than Mirror. And I think they kind of, the experience from them 
helped me with more because with them it was very fail, 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 and then we got our got our win. Mirror, I think I was lucky in that what I entered it in, it was really well suited for out of the box. Um, the hurdles for Mirror were a lot less than previous projects. So, okay, that's um, very helpful then. But yeah, I mean, I, think, I could say the same question really about those previous projects and. In a way, you were at a younger age and less experienced. So, did you find those particularly challenging? Yeah, um, especially because we were with teams. Um, so, I Spy and Alert Boy were team projects. So, you weren't just letting yourself down. Yeah. If, yeah. if like you messed up a pitch. Um, but I think once you kind of realized, you know, this, as we said, it was fail, 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 fail. And then we got our success. And um, it was pretty difficult, like initially. Being like we put in all this work and nothing um but i think we were all kind of good spirited we, we had nothing to lose mm -hmm. and kind of you'd take those blows and just kind of get on with it but eventually you do know you do get your win um big or small and like i think alert boy was only a small win but we were still satisfied that we just got the recognition that we put in the work mm -hmm. and yeah, I think if you asked me back then, I probably would have given you a much more uh, horrendous answer saying it was all terrible and this that, and the other. But <laughs> yeah. looking back, looking back, it's just, you know, part of the process almost. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's definitely an element of good memories sticking in your head more than bad ones. Potentially, you know, you, the amount of um, failures or challenges that you run into, eventually you must become a little bit numb, numb to those challenges and and then what you're left with is just the memories of all the wins that you get so if yeah i mean if that's the case then that's pretty great have you got any advice for anyone who may not deal with those challenges too well or struggles with the self-talk that they give themselves what sort of um advice would you have for that person of how to just stay stay determined and um, don't let the challenges kind of get to you that much yeah, but this is going to sound really cliche, but uh, since hearing of it in like summer, uh, I've heard of the fail fast method, which is kind of do something, um, it doesn't have to be perfect. And if you fail, you can figure out a lot quicker what needs to change. Mm -hmm. So if you are like doing something and it's not working for you, rather than, um, rather than say, oh no, this isn't working, it's terrible, this, that, and the other, identify the bits that didn't work or try to figure out the reasons why. And rather than continuing the whole project, I just generally focus in on those specific areas. And I know it's probably not the best way to, to manage, take a break first maybe, but uh, identify those, uh, the shortcomings or the bits that didn't work mm -hmm. and improve on those. And then like, that's how we iterate the design with Mirror. It's, we'll think of a feature, put it in, have testers and they'll say they hate it and then we'll say why figure out why and then do it again um i think that's the quickest way to improve uh is is to fail so don't feel bad about it you're you're just improving yeah no that's some solid advice um yeah fail fast fail often is a, a well-known motto of silicon valley and anyone working in tech will probably back you up on that point so yeah, yeah. <laughs> highly recommend anyone listening to this Fail fast, fail often. 
But just before we finish up, Jack, would you like to just tell the listeners where they can find you online? I will put links in the description, but just for the people listening. Yeah, um, I, you can find me at Jack O'Regan Kenny. Uh, no apostrophes or anything on Twitter or Instagram. They're my most active. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm my name or jackoreganKenny.com. And if you have any interest in Mirror, uh, it's www.mirror.tech. It's listed on all my social medias and stuff anyway, so it's not too hard to find. Perfect. Thanks a lot, mate. Been brilliant. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for staying till the end of the episode. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I really hope you've learned something. Please don't forget to check out the links in the description. Last but not least, don't forget to hit that follow button to stay up to date with any future episodes that we release. You don't want to miss out. Thanks again and have a great day.